Okay, uh, welcome everybody. I hope you, uh, <clears throat> you're having a great day. And um, tonight we continue with our ministry series uh, for this semester. And just uh, before getting into the outline, I would like to share with you uh, three things, okay? And the first one is that we have been covering uh, this semester, especially the last few weeks, something that we may call the basic elements of the Christian life, like um, <clears throat> a brother covered the point on the mingled spirit, then we continue with reading the Word, and last week we had a tremendous uh, message on prayer. And so we consider these things as something uh, which is foundational, something that is very basic, but therefore very crucial for our Christian life. And tonight, we will continue with another basic topic, okay? And that is on the blood of Christ. That's the outline that you have, okay? Now, <clears throat> here is the first point I want to share with you. Based on 2 Timothy 2.2. Our desire is that you will receive and you will enjoy and even you will apply these basic elements for your Christian life. But also that in the future you will be able to render some help to a younger believer. Okay, for sure, next year, uh, UT will receive again more than 8,000 freshmen. And so our hope is that you will be able to help these ones with some of these basic elements. Okay, here is Paul speaking to Timothy in the last epistle he wrote. And the things which you have heard from me, Timothy, through many witnesses, these things commit to faithful men who will be competent to teach others also. And I emphasize the word, the words teach others. Okay? We hope you become these kind of people. You will become competent. You may not be now, but the word says will become. And that is our hope with you, Alberto. You will become competent to teach others also. Because there was a Timothy back then. Eventually what Paul gave to Timothy went to faithful men, then went to others, and so on and so forth. Eventually you and I are here because this really works. Okay? So make your goal... On the one hand, to receive and to enjoy these things. And on the other, ask the Lord to give you opportunities to help somebody else with these same things. Okay, these basic elements. Okay. Well, here is another verse. I hope you are encouraged. This is also Paul speaking to Timothy. Let no one despise your youth. That's so great to be with you. That keeps me young. That keeps us young, to be among you. 
And I, will, I would like to echo Paul and repeat his words to you, our dear students. Let no one despise your youth, but be a pattern to the believers, to the young believers, to the friend, to the classmate. Be a pattern to them in five things, in word, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Okay? So you have to aspire to become a pattern. Patterns mean a lot, and God will use you, you know, when you become a pattern to others. Okay, so that's the first thing I wanted to emphasize as I open this uh, message. Then the second thing I want to labor with is something that I know some of you are familiar with, but maybe some of you are not that clear, and that has to do with the difference um, between sins and sin. Of course, you know, obviously one is singular, the other plural. What's the, what's the point? Okay. But in the Bible, there is a clear distinction between sins and sin. The Bible is not careless. It's very specific. Okay, And so, if we want to be clear about our salvation, and if we want to understand the full scope of God's salvation for you, you need to know the difference between these two words, sins and sin. Okay, So here comes the first one. Sins are the outward sinful acts. Committed by us one by one. Whereas sin is the inward power that motivates us to commit sinful acts. It's like a law within you that compels you, forces you to commit the very thing you don't want to do. Okay? Then number two. Sins are in our conduct. Sin is in our flesh. Number three, sins are related to our doing. Sin is related to our being. Then number four, sins is what we do. And sin is what we are. Number five, for sins, we need God's forgiveness. But for sin, we need God's liberation. Interesting note. You can never find in the Bible this expression. Listen carefully. Forgiveness of sin, singular. You, you will never find that. Because it's not the sin, singular, the power within that needs forgiveness. It's our sins that need for God's forgiveness. And from sin, the law within us, we need to be freed. That's what we need. Then, sins are related to justification. Whereas sin is related to sanctification. Number seven. With sins, the conscience is not at peace if one is not forgiven before God. Whereas sin... The heart is not sanctified if one is not released from the inward sin. We need to be released. 
And God in his full salvation is going to deal with both things. That's why I want you to see this. God's full salvation is going to deal with both things. Sins and sin. So if we use the picture or the illustration of a tree, sin, singular, is like the tree. They said the apple tree. Sin is the, the tree itself. And sins are the fruit. Forgiveness of sins cuts the apples. But the tree is still there. And next season, <laughs> in our experience, next day, that tree is going to bring forth more fruit, which needs, again, forgiveness. I think you start to see the picture. We cannot just stay with forgiveness. And God's salvation is not just to forgive us from our sins. He wants to deal with the very root of the problem. He wants to deal with that tree. Okay? So, God is dealing in his salvation, not just with the record of sins, but also with the inclination within us to sin. Oh, that's beautiful, right? So, when we see these both aspects, then our understanding of God's salvation is complete. Okay? Now, the third point, before I get into the outline. I want you to see this matter of the blood of Christ in the context of God's eternal purpose. Where does this fit in God's eternal purpose? Okay? And for that, I'm going to draw for you a diagram. Okay? I'm going to use a few verses. Well, sorry, these are, therefore, these are the things since that the blood of Christ deals with, but not the ones on the right side. Okay? I want you to be clear of that. Now, let's go with the diagram. Psalm 92, all the way there. <clears throat> that verse says, Indeed, from eternity, that's eternity past, to eternity, that's eternity future, you are God. From eternity to eternity, you are God. And this God of ours has an eternal purpose. And that's why the next verse, Ephesians 3.11, speaks about God having an eternal purpose. And God does not change his purpose. Therefore, Malachi 3.6 says, I, Jehovah, do not change. So his purpose remains unchanging. That's why the horizontal line. So for his purpose, God created man in his image and likeness so that man will express him. Okay? But after a little while, this man, sorry, fell. And like Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So man is in a, on a free fall, away from the horizontal line of God's purpose. But God is unchanging, and he did something. He became a man, and then he accomplished what we call judicial redemption. That really stops man from continuing falling away from God's purpose. That was accomplished on the cross. And that which Christ accomplished on the cross, 
solves man's problem, but does not fulfill God's purpose. It solves your problem. And the outline is going to tell us what three problems are solved by the blood of Christ on the cross. God needs something else. God needs to bring us back to his original intention. So he needs this other line. And that other line we call organic salvation. Organic because it's life-related. Actually, that salvation in his life fulfills God's purpose. So, judicial redemption is based on the blood of Christ. Organic salvation is by the life of Christ. Okay? And we need this picture that you are seeing here. It really portrays our daily life. Because every day we sin and we fall away from God. But God has that stop, that judicial redemption on the cross. Because his intention is that we will be brought back to God's eternal purpose. Okay? So every day we have to experience a U-turn. The U-turn. That has to be our experience every day. You commit a sin. That offends God. You are away from him. But God provides something that you may experience that U-turn. Don't stay there in judicial redemption. That is marvelous. That's the basis. Without it, God can do nothing. We need that. It's a solid basis. But we should not stay there away from the horizontal line. We need to go back to God's original intention through organic salvation. And that's the U-turn you and I every day experience. Every single day. And there is a verse that summarizes this whole diagram. You need to write down this verse. Revelation 22, 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Where do you wash your robes? Right there. Right here. In the blood of Christ. And, and, I mean, in the cross of Christ, judicial redemption. That's where you wash your robes. By the blood of Christ. Okay? Then, that we may have right to the tree of life. That's the green line. And may enter by the gates into the city. That's the New Jerusalem at the end of the Bible. So that is our daily life. Okay? So, the blood of Christ solves our problems. And that brings us to the outline. Okay, now let's move on to the outline. Okay? I hope you remember these things. These are, I tell you, this thing about the blood of Christ, if you see it and apply it, you will not be stumbled by anything. You will become like an unshakable Christian. Okay, so let's go to the outline. The blood of Christ, how about we all read the first, the leading verse on the top. Go. Very good. You were redeemed. Redeemed means to purchase something at a price. We originally belonged to God, but we were lost. And now God has to do something to own us. So he is willing to pay the price to purchase us back to himself for his 
eternal purpose. Then number one, we have the blood of Christ solves three basic problems. And we do need the blood of Christ to solve these problems. Okay? And these three problems involve three parties. Number one, God. Number two, yourself. And number three, Satan. Okay? So, <clears throat> toward God, when we sin, we feel a separation from Him. That's the first problem. Concerning ourselves, after we sin, we experience a sense of guilt. And then, from Satan, we also experience accusations from, from him. So, the blood of Christ solves these three problems. That is the only thing in the entire universe that solves the three problems. Okay? There is nothing else that, we, that the blood needs. The blood of Christ is sufficient. The blood of Christ is effective. The blood of Christ is the most powerful cleanser. There is nothing that compares with the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is enough to solve these three problems. So when we confess our sins, the separation between us and God is gone. Okay, so that is the first problem. And, you know, whenever we sin... That problem of separation comes in as it is shown in Isaiah 59.2. How about we all read that verse together? Go. Underline the words, a separation. Our iniquities. It's not that, you know, God's hand cannot save us or reach us or his ear it's not that he cannot hear us. It's that our iniquities, our sins, become a wall of separation between God and us. Okay? So when we have that feeling or that experience, the only thing we need to do is to confess our sins before God. And as soon as we do it, the distance is gone. The separation disappears. Okay? Then we have Ephesians 2.13. How about we all read it together? Go. Okay, so we were once far off. But now, because of the blood of Christ, we have become near. Okay? So we have to believe the blood. We have to believe in the power of the blood, and we have to believe that it is sufficient. If God is happy and satisfied with the blood, why should you and I not be happy and satisfied? We have to believe God, right? So anyhow, this is concerning the first problem, and Alex is going to touch the next two problems that the blood of Christ solves. Okay, Alex. Hallelujah for the blood of Christ. Amen. Okay. So the second problem that uh, is created um, by sin is uh, within ourselves. Um, it is guilt. Uh, when, we, when we sin, you know, obviously, you know, in our experience, we feel, we feel guilty about it. Um, and so to kind of, to overcome guilt, uh, we need to really consider 
what guilt is. Um, and so if you, if you, you know, think about, you know, what guilt is, um, I have a pretty solid definition right here. Uh, guilt is the stains of sin on your conscience. So uh, if you think about, like, you know, your conscience being like a real nice shirt or something, <laughs> um, and you get, a, you get a stain on it, then, you know, you need to clean that. And that is, uh, that is what sin is like on your, on, uh, on your conscience. Uh, so the way that we deal with this, the first way, is uh, let's go ahead and read Hebrews 9.14 together. Go. Okay, hallelujah. The blood of Christ purifies our conscience. Yeah. So when we get the stain of sin on our conscience, what we need to do is we need to come and take the blood to purify our conscience. Yeah. So this is, uh, this, is, this is the first thing. that uh, there, there are three things that the blood uh, kind of helps us with uh, in terms of our conscience. And so the first thing is that it cleanses it. And the second thing is that this blood is available all the time. Yeah. Wherever you are, in whenever, you know, whenever you, you do something wrong, immediately... You can take the blood. Yeah. You do not need to wait uh, any amount of time. The blood does not, you know, get stronger with time. You can, you can apply the blood immediately. And you should apply the blood immediately. Yeah. If you, uh, you know, if you, going back to the, the shirt stain, if you got a, a stain on your shirt, you don't want to go around wearing that shirt for another five days, do you? Clean, get the blood. <laughs> Take the blood immediately. So you can, you know, you, this separation from God can be uh, done away with. You can draw near to him in the blood. Uh, and lastly, uh, within, within ourselves, um, we, uh, this blood is all-powerful. There is, there is nothing that this blood cannot cleanse us from. Um, you know, I'm sure we've all wondered at times, like, you know, I've, I've done things in my past that, like, were, were really not good. Like, is there, is there really, like, you know, can the blood really, you know, take away everything? Is it, is it really, you know, all-powerful? And, yes, it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. The blood cleanses us from every sin. First yeah. John 1.9 at the bottom of your outline says, He is faithful and righteous to cleanse us from all unrighteousnesses. Yeah. There is nothing that uh that satan or not satan we'll get to him in a second uh <laughs> that uh there's nothing that god uh god's blood does not cleanse us from um but then of course you know in our experience as after we've uh after we have taken the blood we have cleansed our conscience um sometimes you know it happens to all of us of course um you know you feel like uh you feel you still feel kind of something something within you something is still a little off um, and so of course that's you know confusing what do you need to do do you need to do you need to keep confessing did the did the the blood not work you know what happened no brothers and sisters the blood worked hallelujah but there is an enemy who hates god and hates his righteousness so when you feel that uh, you know something is still wrong then you need to realize this is Satan. This is his accusation. If, if you have applied the blood and there is still something, you know, within you that is, uh, you know, uneasy, this is Satan. Um, his, his name, uh, the Satan 
in um, I think in the Old Testament, in some in some uh, in some parts of the Old Testament, it is literally translated the accuser. Um, so with that, uh, let's read uh, Revelation twelve ten. Right. Okay. Hallelujah. So, when we feel this, you know, uneasy feeling, this is not from God. We really need to realize this that this is not, you know, God still, you know, feel, telling us we need to take the blood or anything. This is absolutely from Satan. He is the accuser of the brothers, yeah. and he accuses them day and night. Yeah. This is, you know, Satan in the universe is just trying to prolong the inevitable, trying to prevent God from achieving his eternal purpose. And the way that he's doing that is by spending day and night accusing all of us. So, you know, it's really, it's really important that we see that this, uh, that this is, you know, this is what he's doing. If, if we've taken the blood and we've confessed, we are now dealing with Satan. And even... You know, sometimes Satan, of course, he, uh, he is uh, not so obvious um, when, when I was reading, reading this. Actually, I have the reading right here, so I'll just read it. Um, it says, uh, it says um, the enemy is subtle. He never appears in a red suit with a pitchfork crying, I'm the devil. Now I'm going to condemn you. But still, we feel this accusation. Uh, and, you know, this accusation is is really, you know, we see how important this is by the fact that the devil is doing this day and night. Yeah. And even the, this, uh, you know, this reading also said that uh, accusation is the number one thing that can cripple a Christian's uh, experience. So yeah. we really need to be able to identify uh, that, this is, that this is Satan. And, you know, sometimes we can't even feel you know, it was Satan's kind of his subtlety in the way that he works. We can even feel like this is God still operating in us. Um, but praise the Lord. There are three ways that, uh, that we can tell whether or not what we are feeling inwardly is uh, from, from God, in fact, or if it is actually from the devil. Yeah. So the first thing uh, that helps us, uh, that shows us... Um, what we, uh, how we can distinguish this is that God's light supplies us. Um, if you've ever, you know, had this experience of, you know, being exposed by the Lord, it's, 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 it's a supplying experience. You are exposed, but you are encouraged to come back to the Lord. Yeah. You know, you say, you, yeah. you realize you're like, wow, you know, I repent, but Lord, forgive me. You are, you, you are encouraged. You feel in your being to come back to God. But when Satan, when Satan is confused, when uh, he's accusing you, you just feel drained. Yeah. You just feel tired. Yeah. And you, you feel like, you know, you don't want to come to the Lord. Like you might be unworthy to come to the Lord. Yeah, exactly. That is Satan. Yeah. He, uh, the, Lord, the Lord wants us to come back to him. He provided the blood so that we could draw near. Yeah. So if, if, uh, if, this, if, this is, uh, if this is kind of, if this feeling is bringing you away from, from the Lord, then it is Satan. 100%. Um, and so uh, the second thing is that God is specific. Um, if, there's, if there's, you know, uh, some, a, a particular sin that you've committed that is kind of, you know, hindering your, uh, your, or is separating you from God, then God will shine his light on it. He'll say, you know, that, that specific thing that you said 
to uh, your roommate or whoever. Um, they, uh, I'm looking at Celio because I had to do this a lot, but he's not here. And so, <laughs> uh, but um, anyway, uh, he, will, he will touch that specific thing. He will be specific. Uh, and that is how you know it's God shining. Um, but Satan is very general. He, uh, he just, you know, kind of generally makes you feel kind of bad about yourself, maybe like you're a bad person or something like that, because he just wants you not to really have an answer. If you think that, you know, if you think that this is God and you're, you're, you're searching your mind, trying to figure out what to, what to confess, how to be brought back to God, but you can't think of anything, then that is because it is not from God. God wants you to return to him. Yes. He wants you to take the blood and come back to him. So... God is always is always specific in his uh, in in his uh, in his touching of of our conduct, um, and so uh, the third thing is that if you have already applied the blood, then it is from Satan. You only need to apply the blood once. Right. After you've done that. Um, I don't know the Bible. Some somewhere it is written <laughs> uh, that he. He not only forgives all of our sins, but he forgets them. Yeah. You, you might come back and try to, uh, to confess again, and he doesn't even know what you're talking about because he's already, he's already forgotten. So if we take the blood, then immediately we, um, then immediately, uh, you know, we are forgiven by the Lord, yeah. and any further accusation is from Satan. Yeah. Um, but again, sometimes we take the blood, and... Even after we take the blood, we we still uh, we still have this uneasy feeling uh, within us. So this is why the second thing after we overcome him by the blood of the lamb, we overcome him by the word of our testimony. Yeah. And so this is this is where we 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 have the power in this situation because Satan, when he attacks you, he is coming at you only with lies. And so then, in, in, uh, as we see in this verse, we respond by the word of our testimony. Yeah. We don't, we don't kind of try and reason, try and think about it. Eve was someone who, you know, stuck around with the devil and was just kind of like, well, you know, God said I shouldn't, shouldn't eat of it. And Satan was like, oh, what does he know? You know, so we just need to immediately turn, uh, turn to our spirit and speak from the word of our testimony. Um, Drew, I don't know if Drew's here, but he gave me a very awesome, oh, Drew. So Drew uh, gave me a very awesome practical way to have the words of your testimony, which is by keeping a prayer journal. And every time you, uh, you pray for something, write it down. And then whenever it's answered, um, write the date that it was answered on. And then you will have a book full of prayers answered that you can testify to the devil. Another great way to, uh, to testify to the devil is that you can use the scripture. Satan knows the scripture, and so you can, you can just tell him, you know, Satan, well, you know, let's have a little talk. I'm gonna whip out my Bible right here. Uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about Hebrews 2.14. Since therefore the children have shared in blood and flesh, he also himself in like manner, in like manner partook of the same, that through death, he might destroy him who has the might of death. That is the devil. Yes. Sounds like you've been defeated. <laughs> Sounds like I have been redeemed. And by Jesus Christ, hey. you have been destroyed. Yeah. And then if that's not enough, you might want to uh, talk about another verse. Yeah. 
And maybe if you're not that fast at flipping in your Bible, you can have it available on your phone. <laughs> you know, you can tell Satan. Satan, let's flip to Revelation 20.10. And the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Yeah. It's already happened, right? Yeah. John saw the vision. Yeah. <laughs> Satan, has been, Satan has been cast into the lake of fire. It has already happened. And so he has no power in our being. All we need to do is freely accept the grace that has been given to us by Jesus Christ through his blood and draw near to him. Um, and so that is, uh, that is all I have. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Okay, let's uh, quickly finish this. Um, how about we all read the last point, uh, number two, and the verse there. Go ahead. The way. Okay, so uh, really I will encourage you to pay attention to what Alex just shared with us. Learn to speak the word of your testimony to the enemy. After you confess, if that feeling of uneasiness remains, that is not God. That's the devil. And you need to know that. And don't accept. Don't confess a second time. God forgot it. If you confess a second time, God will say, what are you talking about? He doesn't know. He forgives, he forgets. So as a young person, learn to speak the truth to the devil. I, lo I love the verses. I, when I was a graduate student here, I learned that. I still remember the first time I preached the gospel to the devil with those verses, Hebrews 2.14 and Revelation 20, verse 10. Okay, That's the last verse where the devil is mentioned in the whole Bible. That's why he doesn't like you to read the book of Revelation, because he knows his destiny. You can tell him, your destiny is the lake of fire. My destiny is the city of life. <laughs> Learn to speak to him. Okay, don't remain in condemnation, the number one killer of young Christians. Okay, here we have the verses about the blood that cleanses us from every sin. If we confess, that's the only requirement. If we confess, confess. What is the, the word for confess? The etymology is confateri. Come together. Fateri, to admit, to speak. That is, you speak with God. God says, that's a sin. And you take sides with God and you say, that's a sin. God says, that's a lie. And you join to God and say, Yes, that's a lie. That's to confess. You speak together with God what he is saying. You don't try to argue, to disguise it, to change it. To... No, no, no. You just repeat what God is saying. That is to confess. And if you confess, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us from all our sins. Pay attention to this. With this, I finish. This is very powerful. And I tell you, if you learn this secret, you will not be shaken. Okay? He is righteous. Okay, if he is faithful to his word, he said, he spoke, he's faithful to his word. He has to forgive you. But the key word here is he's righteous. Because somebody else already paid for you, that is Christ on the cross, how can the God of the universe, the righteous God, charge you twice for the same sin? He cannot do that. He will be unrighteous and the whole universe will collapse. 
So when you see that, you can approach God after you repent and confess and apply the blood of Jesus Christ. And God, whether he likes you or not, he must forgive you. I have spoken to God like this. I'm so sorry, Lord. But whether you like me or not, you have to forgive me. You put God on the corner. He must forgive you. Why? Not because you are something or because you are nice. No, no, no. Because his son died on the cross, shed his blood, and he paid the price. And God said, enough. I'm satisfied. So learn this. So that the enemy will not take advantage of you after you commit a sin. The blood of Christ can deal with any kind of sin. Small, medium, big. The blood of Christ is sufficient. Learn to be this kind of person. God delights young people who know how to deal with God based on his righteousness. Listen to this. The very righteousness that was against you because we are sinners. Once you see this, works for you. Because now Christ, he's the righteous one. He shed the blood. He paid the price. God said it's sufficient. If you believe this and you apply it, God must forgive you. He's the God of the universe. He's the righteous God. Okay, so learn this. I know we are here, you know. This message is right here. Right here. That's okay. We need that basis. That solves our problem. We're heading to God's purpose. We're on our way to God's purpose. Right? But we need that basis. Solid basis. Every single day. Okay? So with this, we finish. Thank you for your attention. Now, I think we practice, as I said earlier, that you speak this message. This is the points of the outline. Very simple. It's two big points. The blood, look at the outline. The blood of Christ solves three basic problems. There are three parties, right? God, yourself, and Satan. God, separation. Yourself, guilt. Satan, accusation. And then, the way to apply the blood is by confateri. You speak with God. That's a sin? Yes, that's a sin. You are one with God in his speaking. You confess your sins. And he's faithful and righteous. He must forgive you. Unless he wants to be unrighteous. But he will not. Okay. He is righteous. Okay. So we need some volunteers to practice speaking. And especially, you know, if you are um, newer among us. And a young freshman. You're most welcome. Practice. The more you practice. The more it's. Is yours. Okay, so we need some volunteers.